Welcome to this episode of The Intergalactics, the series where I talk to many different guests about the different elements of space and the contributions that space has made to our everyday life on Earth. I'm Amelia, and I'm so honored to welcome our guests for today, Patrick and Xavier. Patrick has been studying the International Space Station, or the ISS, for quite a while now, and Xavier has been learning about the changes that happen to your body while in space, along with the things we have gained from space over the years. Before we get started, don't forget to tell your friends and families about something interesting you learned from this episode of The Intergalactics. And last but not least, the quote of the day. Look up at the stars, not down at your feet. Stephen Hawking. So while you think about this, let's get started. Hello, my name is Patrick and I've been studying the ISS for a while now. The International Space Station, aka the ISS, for years now. Sixteen countries, including Russia and the United States, are have been working on the ISS. The ISS is a one billion dollar plus project. On the ISS, only up to six people can be on at a time, with as few as three people on it. And each astronaut can be there only for only up to six months at a time. But there's been um, one thing in uh, March 27 on March 27, 2015, Ron Kelly was launched into space to be on the ISS for a, for almost a year. Researchers were studying the human body in space, and it's that the one year mark is a stepping stone to the three-year journey to Mars, like three years to Mars, three years back, and bone deterioration is increased. So, Patrick, what, at least what I'm thinking so far is like, the ISS is pretty much, I guess, a gateway to like different experiments. Yeah. NASA has worked on it for quite a while now. They have used different, um, they've used it for like different resources, and it's one of the main how do I word it? One of the main um, like places where they would study and research. Isn't that right? Yes. And I'm wondering if you wanted to go to space and you're thinking, oh, it, it won't be that bad. It, it'll actually be like kind of fun. Um, well, guess what? Space is dangerous and unfriendly. You have isolation, extreme isolation from family and friends. You're exposed to radiation that can increase your lifetime risk for cancer. You have a diet high in freeze-dried food. Well, freeze-dried, multiple freeze-dried kinds of food. Require daily exercise to keep your muscles and bones from deterioration. And Xavier may have some information. Why don't you have some of that? Yeah, so, I'm um, talking about bone and muscle deterioration. I've actually been studying the body in space for a little while now. And so, I'm gonna talk about weak muscles. The human body relies on our, on our muscles to move, but in space, the muscles get weaker, so you have to exercise for about a couple hours every day. And if you don't, radiation will happen and your muscles will get really Yeah, because otherwise you start losing the minerals and your bones, and then yeah. they start getting smaller and smaller after they're in the Oh wow, it really 
also, not to mention that you have confinement with three other co-workers, with three co-workers picked to travel with you by your boss. Not your choice at all. Yeah. And I know that before we started recording, you guys showed me the um, quite a bit about um, the ISS. And there is this virtual tour that we got to see on our iPads. And honestly, the ISS is quite small because it's full of packaging. There's computers on every single wall and ceiling. It's very much like crammed in. So you're stuck with three people for six months. And it may not even be people that you're like, with or anything so it's really like a hands-on experience you have to work you have to get to know these guys and you have to learn to survive yeah so yeah Xavier why don't you take the floor you seem like you have something to say yeah so um on the ISS there are a lot of needed equipment items that you need to um live and survive on the ISS as you've already mentioned this topic a little bit freeze-dried food I'm gonna go yeah. a little bit deeper on freeze-dried and without the ISS, we would not have freeze-dried food, which is pretty, actually not exactly the most surprising ever, but maybe we would have some things on that. Yeah, so last topic for now, freeze-dried food. Freeze-dried food is essential in space because it can survive going to space, and freeze-dried food retains 98% of its nutrients and weighs 1% of the original weight, which makes it great and handy when you're going to space. So yeah. And wasn't it originally like invented? It was originally invented for space and for astronauts as like food they could eat there. Yeah. And then it became like this really big thing on Earth too. So whatever we created in space, most of the things that we now have that's very modern and all that like iPhones and everything, that comes down to Earth. Um, yeah. And dustbusters are some of one of the things we wouldn't have without space travel so the um, NASA wanted um, something to collect samples on the moon that was very portable like dust buster dust busters so they went to black and never for it and it was to a light lightweight device for collecting samples from the moon and yet another thing foil blankets Um, so I actually did quite a bit of research on food and space food in the ISS, all of that, and turns out that astronauts order um, off of what they call an ISS menu nowadays um, a year before they even go into space because then they need to prepare it, they need to like have it ready for them to take it in the aircraft and all of that. Um, and I also know that baby formula was invented by NASA and then was explored for the use of, I think, algae, or I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but yes. And a lot of other things were like made by NASA and then they went on um, to Earth. So yeah, I'd say, did you have anything else you want to comment on? Mm, I just wanted to say that we're about to hop into the next topic because there's some really interesting stuff there. And so yeah, we're just gonna take a quick break and then refresh and then go to the next topic. Thank you guys so much. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back to the Intergalactic. 
with now. So, Xavier, we know that you've been learning about how the body changes while in space, along with hygiene in space. So why don't you tell us a bit about what you've been researching for the past few weeks? Yeah, so, um, when you are in space, as I already said this, you have to um, exercise for a couple hours a day. And when you exercise, NASA has also developed some special trousers that pull blood to your legs and make your heart and 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 that makes your heart pump harder. So when you're in space, you also need a lot of food. So I'm gonna go over some things that you can have in space. So freeze-dried food you can have. Also, there are special menus that the ISS has created just for space and yeah. And if you're wondering how and if you're wondering how they um like what experiments they do in space it's using the the well Europe's biggest ISS project is the Columbus Science Lab where astronauts can carry out experiments in weightless conditions also many different types of experiments can take place in or outside of the space lab and Actually, the largest part of the ISS isn't um, the space lab itself. It's actually the central truss that holds 16 huge solar panels that um, power the ISS using solar power. Yeah. And do you have anything? So, um, Xavier, you've been learning quite a bit about space radiation lately, right? And I have actually quite a few facts on it, so you and I could relate together about it. But um, isn't it when you're exposed to radiation while in space, it can like raise um, your risk of cancer, it could help you lose minerals in your bones. You really do have to work out from that too, because yeah. you're being exposed to so many like dangerous effects of space, yeah. and so many elements of it that could really just destroy the human body in general. Yeah. So, in space, it increases your lifetime risk of cancer and also, and also I'm going to be talking about the five main risks of going to space. So, space might seem cool and all because you get to float and stuff and there's no gravity and you get to eat special food, freeze-dried ice cream every day, but there are some risks that you should know about before going to space. So, one of the risks is gravity fields and then another one is isolation confinement as Patrick was talking about yeah because it can increase depression and anxiety yeah because you're far away from other humans you don't really like have much contact except for the people you're with like um, on a mission or on the ISS so it really is like you're alone for those six months that you're away or for as long as you really are yeah. not just referring to the ISS and when you're in space, there are a lot of closed environments like the ISS. It's really packed in, and you could get like anxious or imagine what the astronauts must have felt like at the start with just the two modules. With note that the first two modules were the Zariah and the Unity docking together in space. The first two, the OG. And those two modules are still there to this day. 
It's not only the entire human body, too, that has to fight against the different elements and effects of space, but it's also your muscles and your bones in general, because there's no gravity in space, as you may or may not know. So, and on Earth, our, like, the human body has to fight against, like with the muscles and everything, we're fighting against gravity to stay on the ground or like jump up or something like that. So in space, there's no gravity. There's nothing for your body to fight against. So it's very hard for your bones to stay and your muscles to stay so strong. Patrick, you seem like you want to take the floor. Go ahead. Yeah, um, and you're, since you're orbiting 250, around 254 miles away from Earth, you're gonna experience some pretty low gravity. So it's probably gonna not exactly be the best for you. So do you have anything to say, Xavier? Yes, actually on that topic, when you get back from traveling to space, your body is so weak that you actually have to learn to walk again and you actually have to learn to do all the things you used to do. You have to learn to like move your arms, move your legs, and when you get back from space, it's just really weird because you're gonna be really wobbly. You can't keep your balance after that because your bones haven't been fighting against. Basically restarting from square one, I guess. Exactly. That's honestly... So you really do have to give it up for astronauts because not only are they exposing themselves to probably one of the most dangerous things in the galaxy in general, I guess. Um, And not only to have the courage to go um, to space and to learn about these things that everyday people can't. So you really do have to give it up for them because when they come back, then they have to learn once again how to like walk, how to keep the balance, how to eat normally, and all of that. So yeah, um, we've got to take a quick water break, commercial break, all of that. Thank you guys so much for listening so far. Um, please continue listening. We'll be right back. This is The Intergalactics. Back. Welcome back to the Intergalactics. I'm Amelia, your host, and this is the last little snippet of what you're going to hear today. But we thought, let's discuss the future of space. We're all wondering, are we eventually going to get to Mars? Are we eventually going to see NASA have another um, landing, just like the moon landing? Because it really is incredible how we start in 1969 on the moon, Neil Armstrong and the other astronauts. And now we're like, not even a hundred years later, to Mars, and we're probably going to get almost to the whole galaxy by then. I'm not saying that's true, but an exaggeration. Now, I have been doing quite a bit of research, Xavier and Patrick, who are still with me, (laughs) Um, that seventh graders recently found a crater on Mars using NASA's um, special program that now I forgot the name of but there's like a student program where they lend them the equipment that they use to study like the moon and Mars and then they let the students use that to explore more in like their science class and all of that. So that's very fascinating too. Um, They recently also discovered that there's 38 extra minutes on Mars each day. So you can develop like a sleep disorder um, for the astronauts on Mars. If we were to live there, it'd be very difficult for us to get adjusted to that. So yeah. Patrick, do you happen to have anything to say? Um, that's honestly surprising. And um, if there was like gravity everywhere, then 
there will be a problem where the ISS was above Earth, then basically everything would be falling infinitely, and the ISS would pretty much be crashing to Earth with its 925,300 pounds of mass crashing to Earth, which is not good, but thankfully, we have, gra we have gravity in certain places. Yes. Now I know, Xavier, you've recently been also looking into what we've gained from space in the past to now, and how it's really modernized with Earth and everything, and you've also been doing quite a bit of research on the American Space Shuttle, I believe. Mm -hmm. That is right. Yeah. So why don't you tell us quite a bit about that? So for the American sp Space Shuttle, um, they are actually planning to like stop. Really? Like, yeah, because they're actually, because so the ISS is like over three billion dollar project with like everyone pitching in to help. And um, the American ex space expo exploration is actually now focused on landing asteroids on Mars. That's like their final mission. And for, and, and for NASA's last mission, this, the the discovery donated ten tons of supplies. Delivered ten tons of supplies, and it's honestly surprising since the space shuttles were such a major thing in the ISS. Yeah, and the the space shuttles delivered modules letting the ISS to be 73 meters in length and 109 meters in width, which is really big. Yeah. And NASA and um, the ISS is only going to do one more flight because the Discovery has gifted the ISS a robot, which is supposed to set an example for the astronauts, like where they're going, because it's like their last flight and they want to make it the best. Because, let's just be honest, they've been doing this for like how many years? Now? Years. Like, it's been so many. Started in like um, 19. Late 1970s. Late Maybe 1970s, late. exactly. Because yeah. we went to the moon and then we started researching. And so far we have found out so much about space and so much about what's outside of this planet. It's so, or it was like probably like 19. I don't know the exact date, but it was probably between like yeah. 19, like late 1970s to, er, to like early 1990s. Exactly. But it really is just so fascinating how we've gotten. It really is so fascinating how we've gotten from 1969, the moon landing, fascinating the entire world, to we're almost at Mars. So, yeah. Um, we'll be right back after one last commercial break. Thank you guys so much. Please continue listening for a few, for further information about our podcast, The Intergalactics. I'm Amelia Dion, and we'll be right back. Well, that's all we have for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and once again, don't forget to tell your friends and family about something interesting you've learned today. That's all we have, and remember to tune in next time for... The Intergalactics! Intergalactics.